This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the MVSP Most Valuable Sports Podcast with myself, Joe Nagy, and my amazing co-host, Brandon Wirth. Aww. That, that one touched my heart, Joe. I like it. I really try to tug at your heartstrings today, Brandon, but... Aww. You know, coronavirus still held it, still hindering our ability to bring the sports news, but that doesn't stop us from finding the big news that's going on in the sports today. So today, mainly we're going to be talking about the NBA draft that's coming up later on in the summer, as well as the NFL draft that's right around the corner, going to start it up near the end of April. So that's only less than a month away, I think. And also yeah. Brandon's going to touch on the NCAA eligibility, uh, extra year possibility for spring athletes. But Brandon... Uh, why don't we just get right into it? Yeah, that sounds like a plan. Let's get it on, baby. <laughs> so, M- NBA mock draft 2020. I know it's a little while away, a little while away, but it's never a bad time to be thinking ahead. So, we wanted to figure out kind of where people are going right now and is this a good decision? We have like notable names on here. One of the more notable ones that a lot of people forgot about is James Wiseman, who was started at Memphis under Penny How- or, um, Penny Hardaway, excuse me, and then with the NCAA situation with his violation, ends up leaving Memphis to go pursue his NBA dream on his own, doing private workouts and not competing. He's projected right now as a possible number one pick going to Golden State. And I don't know how you feel about it, Joe, but to to me, that almost seems like a slam dunk for them. That's exactly one thing they could use. It really is because, you know, most of the time they have Draymond Green running the center. And although he's a very strong guy, he's kind of Shaq-esque. He's not as tall as him, as obviously. But I think the center for them is a really good choice, especially with James Wiseman, of how good he is. And honestly, props to him for although he did get set back with the, him getting cut from – or not cut, but he had to leave Memphis. He was able to just kind of power through. And he's really doing well with – I mean, he's going to be at least a top three. On the drafts that we're looking at, he's projected at least top three right now. But I think for Golden State to get a good center like James, it's going to be a really good situation. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, they got guys are on the team already like Kavon Looney. We saw it when he was kind of a main piece in the finals – their finals run. They have Marquise Chris right now, who they got in the deal earlier this year, as well as uh, rookie Eric Pascal. I mean, there's some there's some great depth right there at the center position. Uh, Marquise Chris, I'm not fully certain he's going to be staying there long term because he's kind of been a, like, I guess you could say like a bouncer. He's been kind of on different teams a lot. Like he started with the Suns. I believe he went to another team and then now ends up in Golden State where I don't know how if he's going to be long-term. And, I mean, Eric Pascal's very good. I think the future's bright for him. But, I mean, the athleticism and just the overall play of James Wiseman almost gives you a, a guy that's almost Joel Embiid-esque. They kind of play the same. But, like, the possibilities with his athleticism and his play are through the roof. And I could see Golden State being a team where they, they might just go ahead and take that chance and go for him at number one. But I've, there's definitely a lot of different um, ways they can go as well, too. Definitely. I mean, right now, the draft that we're looking at has Anthony Edwards going number one overall. He's a shooting guard out of Georgia, which I'm kind of surprised about because they already do have Steph and Clay coming back. So I don't know where he'd fit in particularly. Yeah. And I don't know if that's the right decision. I think they just put him there on this draft just because he's one of the best in the coming out of college so far. But I think if they do get James Wiseman, he's going to be a way better choice. But I'm more excited to see where – I don't want to hop on the bandwagon or be like like clout chasing her, but LaMelo Ball, I'm really excited to see where he ends up because there's a lot of solid situations. Right now it looks like he might be going to Atlanta. There's a lot of different places that uh, – think he's gonna go number one number two on this one he's gonna go number four to Atlanta but I don't think he Atlanta's the best choice because they already do have Trey Young at the point guard so I don't know if they'd move LaMelo to a shooting guard because he is uh excuse me six eight so he has height he's able to shoot the ball but I just don't know if Atlanta's gonna be the best choice for him yeah and it kind of has this weird I shouldn't say weird they have a very 
flexible team where to the point where they really don't have anything set in stone with what they're planning on doing for like the future because they got so many like removable pieces move moving people around I mean you have Trey Young and Kevin Herter in the backcourt right now they got DeAndre Hunter and they also have Cam Reddish who they draft recently as well he hasn't been playing that much I believe he was injured at one point and he's still kind of on his way back I mean, they have John Collins, and they traded for Clint Capella. I think that kind of solidifies their four and their five spot for now. But as far as, like, your point on LaMelo Ball, I think that there is a fair point. Like, is is he going to be kind of taking a shooting guard spot if he goes there and knocks kind of Kevin Herter out of the way? And then what would that do with Cam Reddish? I mean, it it kind of seems like that would be a pick where they're kind of just like, yeah, we kind of messed up. Now we're going to try to start over and pick him. But, I mean, I you can't see it from a marketing standpoint. Whoever's going to get LaMelo Ball is probably going to get the most tickets out of the top five players just because he's one of the most well-known. But as far as fit-wise, it really – I could see him more in a position where he might go to – maybe he could go to Detroit. I mean, it is possible. I, I've seen it where he has been projected there. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah, because, I mean, our Pistons are really just kind of like we're such a, you could say, a veteran team. We don't have any really, like, young guys besides, like, obviously we have Kennard who was hurt. We have Christian Wood now who is a very, very great addition. I absolutely love what he brings. Then we have Seku who's been really up and down. It's kind of hard. His future's kind of up in the air. I mean, we have Svi as well, and Svi plays really well. But as far as the point guard position goes, Joe, I, I, Derek Rose is not going to play till he's 40. We know that for sure. And I think if we do get LaMelo Ball, it's really – I mean, we've seen him play in Australia. He's really blossomed into a guy who's more of a pass first. You don't see him scoring as many points as he did in high school or at Spire. Or at Spire, he was, he was even blossoming the assist first guy. And I think he will be – he would be a pretty good – uh, fit because I mean Derek Rose, he is probably one of he's showing uh, flashes of back to his MVP season. He has really good stats. It's basically the same stats from back then. But I think if if Lamelo falls down, Detroit should pick him up. But right now on the draft it says Onyeka Okongwu or you know uh, excuse me or Big O. He played at yeah. Union Hill with Lamelo. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised because Detroit. I feel like we have I. We're on the verge of being able to push forward and have a really good team because we have some of the people who are doing Derek Rose, Blake Griffin. But I feel like if we do, I mean, I want the mellow ball just because I want to see him play. But also, I feel like if we get him, he's a really good fit. Yeah. And you brought up Big O, I mean, playing back with LaMelo. He, he's not a bad player at all. Don't get me wrong, but. To, if if Detroit were to take him, the only thing I could really think of is we are going to be starting to fade away from Blake, possibly maybe going to leave or something just because. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously the injuries are going to be number one. I mean, the, the Pistons have had some, some pretty um, bad injury luck the past couple of years. I mean, Derrick Rose has not really been the healthiest. I mean, Blake Griffin's been out the last couple of years as well. And then we had Kennard go down this year, who was one of our most consistent players. So it's it's kind of where you're thinking are they must be planning for the future if they go with that pick. I mean, I understand if they're going to like replace like I I can't imagine right now that they're thinking about moving Christian Wood, and I dear hope that that's not there because if that happens, I'm gonna lose my mind because. He was a gem in the rough, and he fits perfectly on this team, and he's a dynamic player. And I honestly like him right now more than I did Andre just because I understand Andre got 20-20 games, but no, Christian Wood can just – he absolutely can run the floor, and he stretches things out with his athleticism more than Andre does. And I think that brings more flexibility to this team where when we have Andre in there, it's kind of we're more of, yeah, we're going to we, – we're probably going to drive – kick out for a three or something, or it's going to Andre. It's not like there's really a lot of pick-and-roll action as far as with him getting out to the like the free throw line and three-point line because really where he flourishes is under the basket, not from the outside, and his three-point percentage will show that for the Pistons. But obviously the, the Pistons can go in a lot of different directions, but 
there's still a lot of time to make their decision. I mean, obviously the season isn't over yet, but I mean, the, there's there's still guys up there that we, every year someone's going to drop. So maybe Obi Toppin's still there. I mean, there's a possibility. Obviously, the rumors of him going to Golden State are kind of up in the air. He's going to get drafted one as well. But basically, this NBA draft is so wide open. There's a hundred different things that can happen just because also how the league has like fluctuated over the past couple of years to instead of more of your um, your standard, yeah, we're going to kick out, shoot the three, going to give it to our post guys. It's kind of more run and gun now where we're, teams are, vital, are vitalizing more athleticism, more shooting than phys, almost more physicality. So the league's kind of changing, and that, that makes everything so much more unpredictable. Definitely. I mean, that's a really good point because, I mean, you've seen there's a lot of guys who – are athletic in the top five, top ten, that are going to fit pretty well with the teams that they go to. But, I mean, like you said, it's kind of falling away from the from the big man's game, I guess. Yeah, and one, one other pick I wanted to kind of talk about was the Knicks pick at six. And obviously we've talked already about how this has kind of just been a little bit of a mess as far as what's going on in that organization, but – Really, right now, this NBA draft, um, a mock draft, I should say, we're looking at, has Cole Anthony going to the New York Knicks. And as far as the player Cole Anthony is, obviously this season wasn't as expected. He wasn't as far as the most valuable player in college basketball conversation like a lot of people were talking about him being. But, I mean... I also would say that that kind of falls a little bit around the team dynamic because North Carolina, we can say it for sure that they very much underperformed their expectations this year and they were not very good. And Cole Anthony kind of was out for that part and that kind I should say that kind of propelled that downhill slope for the Tar Heels. But it, it could be a good box office pick, honestly. I mean, the guy can score. He can make things happen. He kind of has that, almost you could say, like Carson Edwards kind of kind of feel to him where he's kind of he can kind of play off ball, but then he can kind of take over when he needs to. So, yeah. I mean, but really in New York, they got to figure out a plan and they got to kind of stick to it because they've been kind of all over the place. And it seemed like the only time that they really had a plan in place was when they picked Porzingis and started putting people around him, and then Porzingis ends up leaving, and then the whole thing just goes into the garbage again, and now they're at the same situation once again. Definitely. I mean, some other big picks down the road. I mean, Phoenix uh, looks like they're going to get Nico Manny and try to get the hometown boy of mm-hmm. uh, Arizona. You know, uh, RJ Hampton of Boston, that's kind of surprising because people thought he was going to go a little bit higher. He might. I mean, we haven't seen the draft yet. It's a long ways away. We'll see how uh, everything unfolds. I'm more surprised that they have Cassius Winston going 55th overall. Yeah, that's that's disrespectful to him. I'm a Michigan fan, but that's disrespectful. Cassius Winston is an incredible player, and he should be going higher. It, he should at least be top 20, I think, in my opinion, because he would fit in a lot of good spots for them. Yeah. I mean, as a point guard, there's a lot of spots that already have that filled, but yeah, he, it almost seems like the the Big Ten has really gotten dissed as far as where their players are going in these mock drafts because, like, you got guys that are super-duper good, like Jalen Smith. You got um, Cassius Winston, like we just talked about, and even Lamar Stevens that are going to be probably selected in this draft. And literally all of them are getting picked in the second round, and the highest one is Jalen Smith at 40. And then Lamar Stevens is actually one pick after Cassius. And to me, that's kind of a little disrespectful just because these guys were key parts of their teams, but they're really not getting recognized just because of the more, I should say, higher known basketball programs, which, I mean, obviously if you're coming from like Kentucky and Arizona and Louisville, all those great programs, obviously you're going to get looked at, but it's just kind of like disrespectful to the point where, Cassius Winston was a huge part of that Michigan State team, especially with the story around the tragedy that was around the team and everything that happened 
as far as off the court with him as well as on that how he responded to that that should show teams that he he's a resilient guy and he can make it happen because obviously he's not the biggest guy he's not the most physical but he still makes things happen so I don't I guess I just don't understand really why Cassius is ranked so low because he can he can really change a team around that's actually a really good point because I mean he I feel like he's one of the guys who's going to be the most coachable coming out of the draft I mean I haven't really seen too much of the guys that are in the first round but Seeing how well he's fit in at Michigan State, the leadership role that he's taken over, I mean, how he's probably been mentoring Rocket Watts. I mean, he's if he goes that low, he's going to be a steal. Oh, yeah. If anybody takes him in the second round, that to, or to me, that's really almost a steal. I mean, obviously, there might be – I guess there might be risk involved if you get him in the first round just because of that physicality portion. I mean, obviously, he's not the tallest guy. He's not six. He's only six one compared to Lamelo, who's literally six eight. Like that's a big difference. But still, I mean, he showed it in college. He can make it happen. And like just talking about point guards that are smaller, Trey Jones is picked one pick above him from Duke. I mean, those smaller point guards, it seems like, are getting a little disrespected a little bit. Definitely, yeah. I mean, but I don't know. And you got Peyton Pritchard up there as well. A lot of point guards are really getting pushed down as far as, like, picks here in the second round. I mean, in the first round, you have Cole Anthony. I guess you could call him a point guard, but he really shoots a lot. So, I mean, there's other guys like Nico Mannion you brought up as well. And then um, RJ Hampton, he's kind of classified as just a guard. He's really not specified point guard or shooting guard. But you don't really get into true point guards as far as those guys like Cassius and Peyton Pritchard and Trey Jones until the late second round. So that almost just shows you how much less like setting up offenses is now as much as like vitalizing shooting for these teams, which is kind of crazy because now really great talent that's not like known for like shooting well. And don't get me wrong, Cassius and Trey, those guys can shoot the three, but that's just not what they're really known for just because they're given the point guard role. Yeah, definitely. I think I'm more excited just to see how it all pans out. Cause I mean, it is not until June is the draft, and we got a long, basically a long ways to go for how many months away it is. But I just like to look at where people think they're going to go, especially with um, the season being cut short. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a lot. I mean, there's a lot of people, uh, a lot of teams that rely on March Madness to see how do they perform in prime time, how do they perform under pressure, and the biggest stage in college sports, most likely. And I think that it's going to be – this draft is going to be one where a lot of teams are just kind of going to be mainly hoping just on a whim to go with some of these players. But, I mean, obviously they have shown uh, how good they are. I mean, LaMelo Ball, Cole Anthony, a lot of these guys have shown that they are good players. But taking out March Madness is going to be a very uh, key thing for a lot of teams because they really – rely on that for seeing who they want to draft yeah and that's that's a great point because now they're almost basically going to base this all on the regular season play there's no really we're not seeing a Carson Edwards like we did last March Madness where he just went ballistic in the tournament and that boosted his draft stock completely but another name that is actually not on the list that I kind of wanted to touch on really quick before we get into NFL is our fellow Wolverine Isaiah Livers I'm a huge fan, Joe. I don't know how much you are, but I'm sure you have enjoyed having Isaiah Livers in the Michigan uniform. He is officially yes, declared. He's not going to fully put himself in the draft yet. He's he's applying for, I believe it's an early an early like application or something. Basically, it means he's pursuing the NFL or NBA draft, but he is not going to fully put his name in. I believe you have until like. I want to say it's somewhere in May or something until you fully put your name in. So he might come back, but it, all the signs are looking that he's going to the NBA, and that's sad to see. Definitely. I mean, we've lost a lot of guys. I mean, obviously the NBA is the end goal. A lot of these guys want to play basketball for a living, but you can only think just what if people stayed, you know? I mean, with Michigan, only if Mo Wagner stayed, if uh, – if Livers stays, then we'd have a really good team. But, you know, you just want the best for these guys. And I want him to stay. I want to see him play in a Michigan uniform uh, one more or a couple more as long as he can. But, you know, you can only you can only hope because you want the best for these guys. But 
for me, I hope he stays. But if he goes to the NBA, that's just uh, just how it goes. Yeah, and it's scary now. I mean, obviously, the injuries last year might be propelling that decision because if he if he is going to play longer, it basically with his injuries, the, his longevity playing basketball just shrunk probably a good chunk just because obviously everyone can't you can't play forever if you have bad like joints and ligaments but this might be just because of that fact that he wants to get there as soon as he can to fulfill his dream and I understand that because if I if I only had a year left to playing basketball why not do it on the biggest stage which was your dream so it, it is sad to see and I there's all there's also rooms or rumors that Franz might be leaving as well and that one would be kind of more interesting to me as far as him going early because I really feel like he's – I, I want to say he's really not there yet, and it's not really disrespect to him, but I don't see him fitting immediately on an NBA team the way he played this past season. I think he needs more time to develop. Definitely. Cause, I mean, you saw Mo. I mean, he didn't really develop too much until his last year. I think Franz – I didn't really hear much of his name. He wasn't – a huge key player for Michigan. I feel like if he stays one or two, one year, or even if he, if need be, two years to really develop and get better as a player, then his draft stock will go up. And I mean, it's all about money, and he'll get more money at that point. Yeah, it it'll be interesting. We're going to be keeping our eyes on that as we now move over to the pigskin. We got the NFL mock draft of 2020, less than a month away. And they are still going with the draft, but I believe now it is in a virtual format where teams will not be in they will not be in the same room making the picks together, but the draft will still go on and mock drafts are going out like crazy. And like me and or like we were discussing, Joe, Maurice Jones Drew is a bold man. He, he... Well, not even that. Maurice Jones Drew and Cynthia Freeland are. I don't know if they're just doing this for publicity, but both of them have Joe Burrow down at the five spot. Five. For the guy that won a national championship, almost, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say putting a team on his back, but he was a well, massive best, part of that team. The best, okay, the best, uh, probably one of the best national championship performances. The best regular season performance by a quarterback, if I'm not mistaken. And he won the Heisman. Yeah. And how do you not I don't know. number one? That's I, I don't know how you do that. And the thing that boggles my mind with MG, with MJD's draft is he has Herbert going to the Bengals. And I watched Herbert play a little bit. And I'll be frank, I don't think he's I don't think he's good as Joe Burrow or even Tua back in the regulars. I don't think he's is like I he's got the body stature and I think that's what I believe the when with the his pick I saw in the in the analysis was he was more that AFC North type of quarterback, which I mean I, I feel like those those little like presets to the division obviously what I guess what he means is big body statured quarterbacks is kind of I think what he's going with is like like the Steelers had Roethlisberger and then like um the Ravens had Flacco back then so I get I think that's what he's kind of going for but he'll have an opportunity to get Joe Burrow I don't think any team is going to just pass on him if they have a chance and that even might be Detroit that might even be Detroit Especially for a team that needs a quarterback. This Cynthia lady said Chase Young is going to go number one overall. I don't, I don't know, man. They're, the Bengals, they got some the weird ones. Andy Dalton, his time was passed. And I can at least respect Maurice Jones' Drew's pick, or projection of Justin Herbert going because they need a quarterback. But Chase Young, they need a quarterback more than anything right now because Andy Dalton is just not even – Basically non-existent, mm-hmm. and it's not like their offensive weapons aren't bad. They got Joe Mixon, they got like John Ross, they got Tyler Boyd, who's really improved. And oh yeah, forgot about this guy, AJ Green, who happens to be one of the best physical threat receivers when healthy in this league. Like they have the talent to do it on the offense. 
It's just it, Andy Dalton is is he's not the answer anymore. He might have been the answer back when he was drafted from TCU, but he's not the answer now. So they want they want to move on, and I understand. I mean, to be frank, the Bengals have really not like have anybody willing to keep as far as and really any parts. I mean, they're they could use a lot of players. That's what I'm trying to get at, but. I completely agree. Like, I feel like quarterback needs to be the number one because, I mean, their defense is not terrible. Obviously, it's not great. It could be worse. We'll put it at that. But they didn't score points at all last. Joe Mixon was the reason that that team would score touchdowns. And he can't be the guy that does it all. All I'm saying is, if Joe Burrow does go down to five, or if he's still on the table... Lions should draft him. Real? You really think so? Yeah, because we need a bet. Matthew Stafford has two years tops. Okay, I I mean I I can two give years, you that two years tops until he's able he can be able to lead a team to a net to a to a Super Bowl. And I guarantee you that we're gonna probably we're probably gonna pass on Jeff Okuda and go with some defensive lineman. Or some offensive lineman, or something like we always do, and it's not. No, we just need, I'm, I'm sick. I'm sick of that. I'm absolutely. I I I hope this year we do not pick somebody for need. I hope this year we go almost with best available because we've went for need the last how many years, and where and where's that worked. got us? Hasn't worked. I I don't I don't know. On these mock drafts. Two two of the analysts have Chase Young dropping to us, which honestly I'm not, I wouldn't be that opposed to it. I, I've I've expressed my my concerns on the show just because we've seen him be a little bit absent in the bigger games, but obviously he's still a really good pick to have. And then the other two analysts have Jeff Okuda, the corner out of Ohio State, which just just off topic. The fact that we're drafting Buckeyes makes me a little queasy, but I'm going to get over that because, you know, they're going to be wearing blue and silver, not red and gray anymore. So I guess I need to get over that, but not going to have the, they're going to still have silver helmets, but they won't have the, there's no, there's no stars on the helmet and they're not in the horseshoe. And that's, that's fine by me. But, um, (laughs) but I mean, I'm fine with either of those guys. If they pick Joe Burrow, I won't be mad. I won't be mad. I'll understand why. And I think it'll be a great pick. But just feeling like our front office, the way we've done drafts in the past and have continued, I I agree. I feel like it's going to happen where we're just going to pick a need again and we're not going to take a chance and go with somebody like Joe Burrow if he's available. Which, if he doesn't go to Cincinnati, I think that's crazy. And teams are going to start almost panicking at that point. I feel like it's got to be such a need. If they do draft any, they're going to try to pick someone to replace Slay. Yeah, which that would probably be Okuda in this situation. Yeah. He's which probably most the most likely, athletic corner. That's who I think they're going to pick, mostly because that's going to be – if they go by need like they always do, that's their need right now is a someone to replace that uh, Darius Slay. But if we go best available, hopefully we get Joe Burrow or Chase Young or someone that's – someone that can just be someone who starts out right off the gate being a good player but I don't I don't know I don't have any it's sad to say but I don't have any faith in our front office for picking a good pick because I know we're just going to pick someone who this every time just this goes way underperforming yeah I, I, I don't know exactly what the front office is kind of doing right now I mean obviously it's not like I'm not just going to like slam them and say that they've made terrible picks last five years and whatever. Uh, It's just kind of been, it just seems like they're filling needs, which right now I will say that we spent the second most amount of money in free agency and we've got some pretty quality players. I mean, we got Danny Shelton, who's now going to be one of our defensive tackles. We picked up Jamie Uh Collins. What? I said, uh I thought you said, ugh, and I was like, oh, okay. Okay, Joe, say (laughs) you're no. But, um, no, no, no. Jamie, Col- Jamie Collins as well. I think he's a very good player to have on this team. 
I think he can do some special things. Yeah. And what what he said in his press conference, or whatever, he said, why Detroit? And he said, I think this team's a couple players away from being a very good defense. He's seeing the future, and I love to see the, those visionary-type guys on this team that are going to work hard. They're going to be the leaders to bring this team back because the Detroit Lions haven't had success, like very good success in a long time. And I love that some of these guys are saying we need to change this now, and that means we need to get better now. And we have a pretty good defensive line as far as the shape of it. And I'm really curious what they're going to do with Romeo Aquara because right now in the depth chart, they have Deshaun Hand above him in the depth chart, which we kind of – we extended him. I believe we ended up getting him from the Giants, I believe it was, a, a year ago or so. Uh, but now we have Reggie Ragland as well. We have We have a lot of backups that are almost as good as our, like, regular starting lineup. So – I mean, what are we going to do as far as, like, formation goes? I, I have honestly no clue if we might be changing to a 3-4 or maybe staying with a 4-3 because it seems like we got a lot, a lot of linebackers to be just keeping on the bench. So, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. And, obviously, we, had, we got Desmond Trufant as well and Justin Coleman. Those are kind of our, our starting guys. And I think Okuda would fit right in there, and he might even become, like, one of the the he probably might become the number one corner potentially. I don't know if maybe right away, but he might develop into somebody like that. We have um, uh, Penn State guy. I'm dr- dr- I'm literally like losing his name right now. Oh my gosh, we drafted him last. Oh yes, uh, Arurie. Or however you pronounce that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's yeah, still yeah, yeah. there, and I, I forgot about him because he really didn't play that much last year. And we had guys like um, D. Virgin and Mike Ford and Will Harris at safety. Those guys kind of got in there at the end of the season due to all the injuries and stuff. But um, this this defensive secondary, after losing Diggs and Slay, is not looking as good. But I still – I still think it's possible to do something. Definitely. And, I mean, I'm more surprised on a pick 23 with the Patriots that they have – I mean, uh, Maurice Jones is the only one that has Jalen Hurts in the top – in the first round for picks. Yeah. he He's got his mind made up on who's going where because he's made a lot of crazy picks that a lot of people really haven't even thought of. As far as like, he's got, I believe it is, um, he's got Jonathan Taylor in the first round. He's the only, uh, he's the only analyst that has him going in the first round as well as Clyde Edwards, um, Hilaire or whatever from LSU. He's, he's also in the first round and his drafted none for the other three. So it, very interesting what Maurice Jones drew has to say about that but. Honestly, the Patriots, if they don't go quarterback, I'm going to be shocked because they need one. They need one now. So it's probably going to be one of the the better drafts, I should say, to go for it, unless obviously all the rumors are saying they're going to tank for Trevor Lawrence. But I don't think Bill Belichick's going to support that because I think he wants to win now as a coach. And I think now he's got a really big, big like aspiration just to crush Tom Brady's dreams as him – being a better asset to the Patriots winning all those championships. So I think it's got to be quarterback now or definitely like next year at the least. If they don't get a quarterback in the next two years, I'd, I'd be shocked because they, they need to get one right now. And I'd be surprised if Jalen – because Jalen Hurts is going to definitely be a steal if he goes that far, either that far down in the draft or even farther. Because, I mean, you've seen how much he works, his worth ethic. He's he's a born leader. He's a, a guy who, I mean, he got pushed out of the starting spot at Alabama, went to Oklahoma, uh, led him to a top four, was potentially going to be the Heisman, probably one of the best or one of the best quarterbacks uh, in the, excuse me, class of quarterbacks that they did have. And, I mean, I feel like it's kind of disrespectful to leave Jalen Hurts that low. I feel like he should have gone higher, but I mean, circumstances, some teams don't need a quarterback and whatever, but if Jalen Hurst goes that low, he's going to be probably the steal of the draft. Yeah, I mean, he, 
we we've seen it. He is not like he's not just this another average quarterback. Like a lot of people have like I guess like perceived him kind of as where he he makes plays with his legs. He's got a he's got a great arm. He's got pretty good awareness. I mean, it can get a little bit better, but I mean, not everyone's a perfect prospect and everyone needs to respect that. So I mean, they there's three quarterbacks that at that 23rd pick between the analysts are picked and that's Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert. If he drops that far, I think the Patriots might scoop him up just because that might be too much to pass up. And then even Jordan Love is there, the quarterback from Utah State. He's kind of more of a a dynamic playmaker like Lamar Jackson type of guy where he's going to more use his legs a little bit more than potentially like a standard pocket passing quarterback like a Peyton Manning or Eli Manning or somebody like that where we know they're probably not going to run. You could even say Tom Brady as well. But any quarterback to the Patriots, I feel like Bill Belichick's going to really like use his quarterback to kind of make his offense like around the quarterback. I think I think he's ready to make a team around the best quarterback he can get and he'll make the changes if he needs to cuz I mean that offense has really not changed since the departure of Tom Brady. It's still in the same so a lot of people are saying well he's going to go with the same he's going to go with Herbert or he even would go with somebody like um Jacob Eason from Washington which he now he's fallen out of the first round for some reason but for the for the Patriots it's always been around the quarterback and I think it's going to stay that way but now it's just coming in your face definitely I think Jalen Hurts will feel well he's going to be able to be coached by I feel like because have you ever watched the, the Brady Six, the documentary about uh, Tom I Brady? Actually have, in I actually draft? have not yet. Is it good? It's All very right. good. It's basically – Might about, have to watch it in quarantine. Um, um, it's basically – yeah, it's basically about Tom Brady's like how the reason – the one of the main reasons that he was able to basically show Bill Belichick and basically be as good as he is is because of his mindset of that no one's better than him and that he's going to outperform and, and he's – the best to ever live. And I think Jalen Hurts has that mentality that when he goes into a, if he, if he goes to the Patriots, he's going to be able to fit well with Bill Belichick. I feel like, cause he's going to be a coachable player. He's going to have that mindset. He's a hard worker. You've seen after, uh, after the, I think it was after the, did they play LSU when they were um, in the playoffs? Uh, I've, Wow, this seems like forever ago. I should remember this. I believe they played LSU. But you saw after the loss, he was back in the gym. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's a great point. Like, he was getting back at it. I mean, he's going to be the guy who I feel like could potentially fill Tom Brady's shoes at the Patriots, but it's going to come down to, especially being coached by Bill Belichick, how – how good of a coach he is, but you've seen his coaching style. He's he's a guy who's no nonsense, who wants people to conform to the team, be about the team, uh, follow orders, and just be be a player for him. And I feel like Jalen Hurts can fit that role of being a quarterback and being yeah. a leader. And like speaking of quarterbacks, Cam Newton has not been picked up by anybody as of late. And first off, to me, that seems like now – a lot of teams might be actually looking for quarterbacks in the draft rather than taking somebody like Cam Newton. But if Cam Newton goes to a team, and I don't want to say this is going to happen, but it sure is possible, or it sure is possible that he might become a Patriot, believe it or not, just because like the Patriots will be willing to get a guy like Cam Newton if they need to to propel that offense. And there's rumors that the Chargers are really into Cam Newton. And the Chargers originally were the hot spot for Justin Herbert to go at pick number six. So, I mean, I feel like if Cam Newton is signed before the draft, that's going to not only change quarterback-driven teams that are going to draft somebody in the draft, as well as the team itself that picks up Cam Newton, but it's also going to change teams around it, like in, in the division like the Chargers might start picking up defensive players, maybe in preparance for like Cam Newton, because if they're gonna have to play against him, 
they might have to start getting like versatile linebackers or whatever in case they need to put spies in their game plans. If Cam Newton is the same guy he was back in his MVP season where he might be running all over guys. Definitely. I mean, if he is that way, I think it's going to be a really good fit, especially bringing new, uh, like a new skill set to the Patriots offense with a running quarterback. I mean, because he does have the ability to throw. He has, uh, He's shown spurts of, I mean, with the MVP season, he's a great thrower. He has that field vision. But also, he could be like Tom Brady where he can command the offense, but bringing that extra extra element of the run, I feel like that's going to propel them to an even better team, but that's if Patriots pick right. up him. And basically, like, basically all I'm saying is if where, wherever Cam's picked or picked, I should say picked up, he's not getting drafted, duh, but wherever he's like picked up off free agency, he is going to make a difference to the team he's on and the team around him. So if that happens before like the draft happens, like what we might be talking about might not be accurate anymore because circumstances have changed. I mean, like just like the, the Miami dolphins had three picks in the first round, the, the Jets are pick 11. I believe the Bills are somewhere. Um, actually, no, they actually traded their pick. I apologize. But those guys might start changing their game plans because if they're going to have to play against Cam Newton, they might have to change the players that they're drafting. So then that might project other teams to pick a different player because their target players got picked because the original team's idea of who they're going to draft got changed due to Cam Newton. So we might see a domino effect, especially if, I can't imagine this happening, but if it does, if Cam Newton gets traded on draft day, we might just, like, the floodgates are going to open and chaos is going to be absolutely everywhere because all these picks might get changed due to this. I I would love to see that. Definitely. I didn't even think about that. That's a really good point, Brandon. But I feel like if if that comes down to it, that's going to be – a very big factor on what's going to happen, I think. Yeah, like, and even, like, the talking about the Patriots, if he went to go to Patriots, we'll say hypothetically, and they're not, they're obviously not going to pick a quarterback anymore. I mean, maybe they would. I don't know. It's, I mean, obviously I'm not their front office, and I'm not, I'm not, like, um, Zoltar or anything and st- tell the future, but they might, they might change it up and go with a wide receiver. They might go with Justin Jefferson from LSU or maybe they even trade up to maybe get somebody like C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs even to like pair with Nikhil Harry and Julian Edelman to potentially make a lot of great targets for Cam Newton. So I mean, I'm I well, basically I'm really excited to see where he goes because I know like the impact might change a lot of draft draft rooms and put more different positions on the draft boards, but. Um, another team we're very intrigued to watch, the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, they don't need to do that much. They they know how to win with the product they got on their team right now. Obviously, they've lost a couple guys, but it happens. But on one one draft, um, I believe it is. I believe it's MJD's. But let me check. Yes, Maurice Jones-Drew's pick for them at thirty-two is Clyde Edwards-Helaire from LSU. I think that's a great fit for them because I think they might need a new running back. I don't think Damian Williams is the full guy. He's not been consistent enough to me to where I feel like they're going to be fully on board with him, almost like the Raiders are on board with Josh Jacobs or um, the Giants are on Saquon Barkley. I don't think he's that kind of a guy where they're, they're set on having him for the next like five years, even Christian McCaffrey for the Panthers. So I feel like they might be starting to look in the running back direction because really Patrick Mahomes like lifted that team on his shoulders with his passing attack to help them win games. And even so, if they do draft him, that's going to be a really good competition between the two to maybe propel uh, excuse me, Williams to maybe their number one guy where it'll just kind of set a fire under him to get going, maybe be the guy who um, – that might push him to the next caliber. Or if Clyde Edwards, he comes in, he does better, then that's going to just be a better situation for them because I feel like if they do draft him, it's going to add some competition and say, like, hey, 
to, or to Williams that's going to be like, hey, you need to step it up or else you're not going to be the guy anymore. And you might get released, you might get traded, or you might not, and you're not going to be the guy here. But I feel like if they do pick that up, that's going to be a really good. I mean, it's going to be a win-win situation for them. Even if Clyde doesn't get the start, uh, Williams will be kind of like the guy who uh, has that competition. But if he does, then I feel like it's going to be a good. Yeah, that's a good great fit. point with the win-win. I mean, a lot of teams will do that. They'll 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 like pick up somebody just to say, hey, like we're not sold on you yet. You haven't you haven't got the starting job yet. And that can kind of drive motivation and stuff. But on an off note, I just, like, finally, like, realized this. And I've looked at, like, draft boards for a while now. There is only two running backs possibly going to be picked in the first round of this draft on mock drafts. And the only mock draft out of the four that even has a running back picked in the first round which there's two in the same draft and that's mjd who is the former jaguars running back so a little bit of bias there but the fact is there are absolutely no running backs projected to get picked in this first round besides his draft that's crazy you go well you got uh cynthia freeland at um 28 she has deandre swift oh yeah i forgot deandre swift but and then uh and then I think it was Chad Ritter also has Jonathan Taylor going to the Dolphins. But, I mean, he's the only one that has yeah, two. Yeah, I, I, I guess, like, um, the 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 first – this is, like, the first draft, I, I guess we could say, is we have not – we're not seeing any running backs going to be probably picked in the top 20 picks. Yeah, Charlie Castley doesn't even have yeah, one in that's, his draft. That's crazy. I mean, there's a lot of teams out there that I mean, I'll be honest. I'll I'll blatantly say it, the Buccaneers don't have a running back. I don't I really am not impressed with Ronald Jones. I don't think he's deserving enough to be the running back on that offense just because I mean the talent around him it, he uh, with the talent around him, it's like you have Tom Brady, you have Chris Godwin, you have Mike Evans, you have OG Howard, and then you have Ronald Jones. Like, that offense can be elite with a running back. And honestly, that should be a team that should be looking maybe for a new running back because, I mean, Ronald Jones really hasn't been the full-on guy. Now they got rid of Peyton Barber, so if he doesn't do it this year, like, it's probably going to have to be it for him just because, I mean, he's he's had how long to perform and he hasn't. Yeah. But it's it's crazy. I, that just blew my mind that a lot of these teams aren't looking at running backs really right now. And there's a lot of yeah. wide receivers. I mean, obviously we have Ruggs, Judy, and Lamb on, in the top, like 10 or 15, I should say, just because they're the most dynamic receivers. And then you also got that guy from Colorado, a Chenault Jr., uh, who was kind of – he had that injury, I believe, earlier this year. He didn't play that much. And then you got Justin Jefferson as well. Like, there's a lot of receivers and quarterbacks in this first round and not a lot of running backs. And that I think that can directly relate to how the league's more going towards fat, quicker-paced passing offenses more than the traditional smash-mouth run game. Yeah, we get about five yards a pop. But, you know, Brandon, we're not the guys who get paid the big bucks to decide, uh, decide where where guys go, who the NFL's going to take, or what teams they are the yeah, best you're right. fit. But I think, Brandon, to close out the show, uh, the NCAA, I mean, it's not really too big of new news on the table, but the NCAA has granted an extra year of eligibility for spring athletes. Brandon, you are a spring athlete for Ferris. You run track. Uh, do you want to just talk a little bit more about that, try to kind of open up the gray area zone where people might not be understanding uh, the whole, yeah, whole deal? Yeah, so um, kind of a weird situation with the coronavirus not with taking away seasons for the spring athletes. And I am one of those that unfortunately lost their season due to the coronavirus. But I, I really like the NCAA giving years of eligibility back only to spring though. Winter winter athletes like basketball players and wrestlers and um, like any other winter sports that might be out there, like maybe bowling or something. But, 
those seasons are not going that their year of eligibility was spent. I mean, they did play almost an entire season, so it'd kind of be weird to give them that back just because I mean, the the matter of the fact is they played their season. Obviously, they didn't get really the tournaments, but 80 to 90% of their season was already spent, so they can't really give them another one because they basically already did one. But um basically Winter sports will not get a year of eligibility back. Spring sports will because they never got to compete, really. And I was actually supposed to be running in um, a meet coming up this week in Michigan State, and there were other um, team members that were possibly going to Kentucky literally last Friday. So our season would be full in swing right now, but we're still at home. And that just brings the the news of the coronavirus that we need to really – pay attention to what we're doing, make sure we're doing the right things, washing our hands, staying six to 10 feet away from people to make sure we have proper social distancing. And obviously I know that like Joe, I'm sure you agree with this. This, this stinks. I mean, being college kids, not normally doing all online classes and now doing it stinks. Online class, online yeah, they're, they're not suck. fun. Shout out to all the online only people out there. I don't know how you guys do it, but bravo. You you guys got some discipline. Matt, I have props, honestly, because I can't stand it. I can't even. The thing is, college, online college sucks. No sports suck. Corona, like, it's just put a damper on the whole thing. On just this whole spring, on the mm-hmm. whole, basically the whole year. Because you don't, there's been projections where, we're we're past the we've already passed the peak of it. We're not even close to the peak. Like all this will die down in August. Like um, Michigan, I think they extended the stay at home. Was it the stay at home order to another three? Yeah, weeks or they, something like I that? believe so. And there was also the um there there's a uh, I actually I, I won't talk about that. That's not that's kind of confidential. But um. The, there's possibility that this will be we're not to the peak yet and we're going to be continuing to do this then there might even be an extension through fall sports that is possible so i i that it's scary but the only thing i mean obviously we can we can be mad and angry that this thing is happening but we can also take the right steps forward and minimize this as much as possible because like the more people that get on board to doing this stuff all the time, paying attention to stuff, doing the right things. The more the people do that, the quicker we're going to get back to our normal lives. So I think some people don't realize that, but I think that's really the key to all this is we all need to stick together and make it happen. But it, it's it's a crazy start to 2020, just to say the least. Definitely. It's not where we want to be, but... I think we'll end the show on that note. Brandon, good show today. Had some really good conversation. But we'll be back next Tuesday with another episode. We're gonna try to maybe get uh we'll try to maybe get another guest maybe next week or the week after. It's kind of tough to yeah. uh do that with this kind of uh video or video or chat call that we're trying to uh work with. But uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Catch us Tuesday. Uh we're gonna try to get that episode out for you guys. But thank you so much All right, for see listening. You guys. Mm-hmm.